and welcome to the noblebaby.com podcast. This is episode two in our summer series, and this episode is actually going to be geared towards those who are private schoolers or public schoolers or have children that are about to enter the school age area and they are thinking about homeschooling, but they're just kind of on the fence. Um, We actually have a resource on the noblebaby.com and it is a free resource. It is a free ebook and it tells you how to homeschool. If you just feel lost, you don't know where to start. It tells you step-by-step what to do and how to homeschool because some people just need that step-by-step guide and they don't feel comfortable with just jumping right in without some kind of direction and some kind of plan. So um, you can pick up that resource at thenoblebaby.com, of course, and download it, or you can um, kind of take an easier approach. And here is an episode for you that will help you hopefully in your decision-making process. Since it is summertime, the schools around us just let out. Um, We're in mid-June at this point, and I think kids have been on summer break for about a week in our area of Florida anyway. I know it changes depending on where you are in the country, but in our area of Florida, people have been on break for about a week. And there are a lot of people who, for whatever reason, They either have children that are asking, please homeschool me, do not send me back to school in the fall, or their parents who are thinking, for whatever reason, public school or private school that they're currently at is not a good fit. And there's endless reasons why. For some people, they are in a school district that's just not really the best rated school district. For some people, their students are having problems with bullying, maybe problems with a learning disability. For some people, it's their student is a little bit advanced and um, they would like an opportunity to kind of let them move further ahead with their education. And for others like ourselves, um, they may be a family that because of one parent's career or both parents' career, maybe they're not in one place in a long time and maybe you're not necessarily against public school, but maybe... um, consistency wouldn't be there with schooling due to a parent's job um, and frequent moves due to that, which we're in that situation. We move frequently and um, education just wouldn't be consistent if we were using public school or private school because we would be changing school districts constantly and our moves just always happen to be right in the middle of the school year. So we also would be putting our children in a position of changing schools quite frequently and then also right in the middle of school years. Um, And I do mean quite frequently, not like every five years. We're talking like every, recently it's been a max of two and a half years, but usually every year. So it's, it's been a little difficult if we were to put them in public school and take them out and put them in and take them out. Um, We really enjoy homeschooling, but I, I don't think that public school or private school is Wrong. There are a lot of people who it is necessary for, and there are a lot of really, really great teachers. And I will say that homeschooling is not for everyone, but there are a lot of cases where homeschooling can work, even if you thought you would never homeschool and you just didn't see yourself doing that and it wasn't in your plans, but for some reason you have this call saying, I really feel like we need to homeschool or my, my children really need to be homeschooled and I don't know if I can do it, but I think we really need to look into it. Whatever your reason is, 
that's the first part of um, deciding to homeschool. Number one, pick your reason. Whatever your reason is, hang on to that reason, write it down, look at it, talk about it with your um, support person, husband, wife, parents, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whoever is going to be supporting you on this journey of possibly homeschooling your children. Think about your reason why and write it down and then write down why that reason is important to you and maybe even why you feel that homeschooling can solve this issue. So whatever that reason is, why homeschooling supports your reason to homeschool. The next thing that you really need is a support person. And like I said before, you you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be everyone that you know, because there are going to be some people sometimes that you're close with, and they're going to think that you are a crazy person for homeschooling, but that's okay. Don't let that stop you from homeschooling. If your reason is a legit reason to you and it's important to you and your children and your family and you've decided to do it, don't let people close to you sway you from homeschooling if this is what's best for your family or for your children. All you need is that one support person. So uh, for our family, my support person for homeschooling is my husband because he understood my reason. My reason for homeschooling was not only the education was not really rigorous where we first started schooling and um, we were a little ahead subject-wise and content-wise and things just weren't lining up um, in, in the public school district and we really didn't have a lot of choices with private schools that were affordable because we were actually living in um, Japan at the time in Tokyo. So it just happened to line up that we tried homeschooling even though we hadn't intended on homeschooling and it's been working really well. And I'm really an advocate for homeschooling people who um, need an alternative form to public or private school for whatever their reason is. And he was my support person. He helped me researching, he helped me deciding, he helped me um, all along the way with homeschool. And he gave me the understanding and the support of saying, I trust you to do that. He didn't question every single decision that I made with homeschooling. And I know that he has seen along the way where we have grown, where our students have come from since they first started their homeschooling journey, where they are now academically, and he has seen the growth. So he continues to be my support person because he continuously is the other person in our household who sees how our children's education has improved due to homeschooling. And he continues to see how it's an asset to us to be able to move and follow his career where it goes and not have to worry and have the extra burden of what are we going to do about school every single year. We can just focus on going where he needs to go and we can um, come along with him without it causing major disruption in all of our lives. So we have our good reason and I have my good support person. Now I know that some people close to me thought I was super crazy for homeschooling and they just thought it was going to crash and burn or it was a crazy idea and I was going to get over it at some point. And then there were others who understood my reason overseas, but they kind of thought when you get back to the States, of course, any normal person is going to put their kids back in a public school or back in a private school, but it really wasn't ideal for us due to our circumstances and due to how far and advanced 
Our children had come by the time we had come to the United States. If we put them back in a public school or private school, they were not going to be on their grade level and they probably were going to be bored. And that would cause disruption for them. It would cause disruption for other students and it would cause disruption for teachers because it would constantly be something where it's like, I've already done that. Do you have anything else for me to do? And it would just be a burden not only to our student, but also to their teacher, because obviously their teacher is responsible for a certain curriculum and for the whole entire class of children. And it's not fair for that teacher to have to figure out something different for my students because I chose to homeschool them and put them on a totally different path. And then I threw them into her classroom. So it's not really fair for the teacher or the student or the peers um, who haven't had the chance at some of the curriculum that my children have had the chance to do already. Um, It would just cause chaos. So the next thing that you need besides your reason and your support is your plan. And you need to think about the time that it takes to homeschool and every student is going to be different. My students um, get their work done fairly quickly, but that is they're used to homeschooling. They're not new at homeschooling. They know what's expected. They know what to do, and they just kind of do it at this point. At least the older one can do it at this point um, without being really coaxed into it or bribed into it every day. He just gets right into it. Um, my younger one knows exactly what to do because she's been around another homeschooling student. So she's really great at wanting to start early. She's an early bird. So she gets to work really fast and, you know, she gets down to business and she's really focused and she, she doesn't really get distracted. She likes to finish what she started. So the time that some students take, it's going to be different than the time that other students take. And you will find that in your own family as well. The time that one of your students takes to complete their work is going to be different than another student. Everybody understands their curriculum at a different pace and, um, see what type of time frame you can work with. See what time of work schedules you have, what kind of work schedule your support person has, if you both need to be involved at the same time, or um, if only one of you is teaching. You need to map that out. Map out how and when the children will be taught. Then you need to come up with your place. Pick a place. Now, I'm not saying you need to do this in the same place every single day really rigid like a regular classroom where you come into a specific desk at a specific time and you start. Homeschool does not have to be like that, but kids run really good on a schedule. So get yourself some type of schedule and some type of area where you're going to know that all of your homeschool supplies are there, all of your curriculum is there, and you can go to this place and your kids understand the organization of their things in this place and it's all there. So that way when it is time for homeschooling, Everything is in place and it's all ready to go every single day and you don't have the stress of looking for material, looking for curriculum, figuring out where the best place is. And um, contrary to popular belief, um, a lot of new homeschoolers find homeschooling through YouTube. They hear a friend that's homeschooling, they look it up on YouTube and see what a day in the life of a homeschooler is like. And they see all these crazy, awesome, beautiful rooms that are school rooms and they're just perfectly organized and color-coded and everybody has a huge workspace and these people have four kids or six kids and they all have their own desks. Homeschooling for the majority of people is not really like that. Homeschooling for YouTubers might be like that and a lot of them honestly are just showing off. So don't worry about that. You don't need a whole room just to homeschool. You just need some kind of space. 
that can be a kitchen table. In Tokyo, we sat at our kitchen table. We did not have an extra room for homeschooling and we homeschooled at our kitchen table, but we put our supplies in a specific place in a specific way of organization. And it was very easy. It was actually like this cart with drawers and it had a drawer for every subject. And I would roll it on out and we would do all of our work and then we'd put it all back away in its little subject bins and I'd roll the cart right back in my son's room and it was out of the way. And no one coming over to our house would have any idea that in the morning, We had a huge chaotic mess of projects and science experiments and books and uh, markers and pens and pencils and paper scraps all over my main dining room in the great room of our home. Nobody knew that because it was easy to organize and easy to put away. So do not feel like you cannot homeschool if you are in an apartment If you are in some type of mobile home, if you are living with other relatives or other family members or grandparents, and if you don't have a huge, huge, huge budget, that's okay. You don't need those things for homeschooling and don't let those deter you from homeschooling if you think that is what is best for your students. Um, So that's part of your plan. Pick your time, your place, and how you're going to homeschool. This I do suggest doing a bit of research on you need to think about how your student learns best and um, what type of materials would make the most sense to your student when they are learning academically. What is the way they learn? Are they kinesthetic? Are they visual? Do they learn best um, with like a listening audio format? Or you can mix and match. Um, We actually do a lot of mixing and matching with our curriculum in our home and I find that it works best. Um, We'll get more into different kinds of curriculum in other episodes, but this is just to get you started. Think about how your student learns best and think of what type of options would be great for them. And if you're kind of clueless on options and you're like, well, I have no idea about homeschooling and that's why I'm listening to this. I don't know what my options are. Don't freak out. Um, just observe your child and see what they enjoy and what they like and make a note of that. And then once you get into looking for curriculum, you can, it'll be pretty apparent to you what things start to work really well and what things don't work well. Um, so that's another thing. You'll be learning a lot more about your child or the student that you're homeschooling as you begin, as you start. You'll learn a lot of things about them that you never knew before because you maybe weren't involved in their school time from 9 to 3.30 every day, and now you're going to be seeing them in a different um, aspect as a student um, and you as the coach or the teacher, and you will learn a lot about what works for them and what doesn't and how to really improve things for them. So the next thing that you need to come up with is a curriculum and you can do this in many ways. You can piece it together yourself. You can buy a whole bundled packed curriculum for the whole school year. It's all ready to go. You can click on it, order it online, have it shipped to your door. The possibilities for curriculum are pretty much endless. There's a few really, really popular ones in the homeschooling community, but I'm not going to start plugging those here because just because they are the most popular does not mean they're the best for your student. So get out, search out curriculum, ask other people what they have, why they like it, what it's like, do your own reviews, watch. I highly recommend watching YouTube videos about homeschooling curriculum because there's a lot of people that will actually open it and flip through it. So you can see what the books actually look like inside versus just buying them and having them end up with your at your door and you not really knowing what they are. 
Um, the next step on your list is to just try. Try. There's a lot of people who really want to homeschool and they've wanted to do it for a long time. They tell me about it every time I meet them. Whenever they realize I'm homeschooling, they always tell me this big long story about how they want to homeschool and they've heard about it and they want to try it, but they just don't think that they can do it or they, they really want to try it sometime, but how is it possible? Well, all I can say is try. You will never know if you can't homeschool unless if you try it. And if you try it and you decide after a year or two that it is not working, there is no loss that says your child cannot go back to public school. You do not have to commit to homeschooling them for all of their years of school. And that's fine. And for some people, homeschooling really does only come around for a year, a semester, a couple years, a few years, maybe just elementary. For some people, that's how they plan on homeschooling is short time. And that works for them because they have a reason. Maybe they don't like their school district and they move to a better school district and they want them to go back into public school. Or maybe they're behind in a grade and they want to catch them up and just see where a problem lies and help their child get over that hurdle. And then they want to send them back to public school. Um, so just try homeschooling. Don't decide that you cannot homeschool until you try it. If you really want to do it, give it a try. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be a former teacher. You just have to be willing to look for information, look for answers, give your student the tools and the supplies to educate them, and you have to be willing to be there to help them find the answers when they have questions. That is what teachers are doing in school. Actually, teachers spend a whole lot more time managing behavior of a bunch of students and corralling them and teaching them a test. But teachers are really more equipped for many other things that they have in their knowledge base. But a lot of times they have so many students and so many rules set forth because of the school district that they don't get to use a lot of their wonderful teaching skills and they probably don't get as, to do as much one-on-one -on -one helping for specific students as they would really like to because they're locked into teaching for tests and um, you know corralling behavior depending on what their classroom is like. So you don't have to know every answer to be a homeschooler, a homeschooling teacher. You just have to be willing to try and give your child the best support. The next thing again is support that support person and support people. And you will find that going forward, not only your support person at home or in your family is important, but another support person that is an actual homeschool teacher is a really important support person. Now, when I first started homeschooling, I had no support people where I was because I was in Japan. I didn't really know a lot of homeschooling people. I didn't really know how to find them. I found a few, but they were kind of like doing their own thing and in their own schedule. And we just didn't really link up. So I didn't really get to know them on a better homeschooling level. When we moved to Texas, I found this awesome co-op opportunity and I met tons of homeschooling people and I got great, great, great support with them. And I, became acquaintances with many of them and 
they were just super awesome. And had I had the connections to those homeschooling moms in San Antonio when I first started homeschooling, I probably would have felt a lot better about it in the beginning. So if I would have known some of those homeschoolers when I first started, I would have felt um, like any questions that I had, I would have felt like I could ask them for advice, you know, suggest to me some great reading curriculum or something that you've used in the past. Tell me why, what do you do to manage your day? Tell me about your, um, homeschooling timeframe. I mean, it's great to watch YouTube videos and you can get a lot of information from them. And honestly, I did that a lot when we were in Japan because I didn't have anybody to ask. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos about homeschoolers and by homeschoolers. But the thing about YouTube is it is presenting to you somebody's their best life right now. This is my best life. I'm living it. I'm awesome. We homeschool. Everything's color coded. You know, everybody is eating homemade meals three times a day and we're all, you know, we're perfect homeschoolers. We're awesome. And that's great. But the reality is, is most homeschooling is actually very, very different from what you see in YouTube videos and what people are presenting and what they're presenting on Pinterest and Instagram and all of those nonsense things. So, um, those are great for ideas and they're great for inspiration and they're great for giving you, um, an outline of what homeschooling is like, but they're not real. They make you feel like, you have to have a homeschool room. You have to have perfect organization. That you have to have all these amazing science experiments. That you um, have to have all these activities and extracurriculars and extra, extra, extra. Everything's extra. And that's not the case. That does not make for a good homeschool. And um, it's great to make friends and talk with other people who are homeschooling. Not only because you can get more of the reality of what homeschooling really is and how simple it can be to be successful, but it's also nice to have those homeschooling friends because they are on more of a schedule that's like yours. And if you're kind of burnt out about homeschool or you're just feeling like you're not doing the best job or you're just having a stressful day about homeschooling, you can connect with them, text with them, meet them at the park, meet them for coffee, meet them at co-op, and you can just um, share those ideas and things that are going on and they can tell you oh yeah, I've been in a similar situation and this is what I did. Or don't worry, you're not the only one who's had an idea of maybe I should give up homeschooling and maybe I can't do it. Don't worry, everybody's had that day and it doesn't mean that you're a failure and it doesn't mean that you should give up. Um, so have that support person that is also a homeschooler. That is a great, great thing to have. If you don't live in an area where you have that, that's okay. Find um, one virtually or get support virtually or talk to a friend or a close friend um, or a family member that you can on the phone or text message or whatever. Find some support person if you can. Um, the next thing is records. Record keeping is what stresses a lot of people out who have never homeschooled. They think, what am I gonna do? How do I keep from going to jail for my <laughs> children not being in school? Are they gonna be truant? Like, what do I do? There's a lot of resources and they're all different state by state. So you need to go to, um, there's a homeschooling website, hsdla.org. I'll post it um, on my website, thenoblebaby.com. I'll put the link to the homeschooling 
organization and they have a list state by state. You can click on your state. It will take you to the legalities in your state for homeschooling. And then um, you can use that to know and figure out how to keep your records. And most places have a total record keeping system for you. So all you usually have to do is sign up and there will be a way kind of to walk you through it. And those are usually called umbrella schools. Now, Florida has umbrella schools. I wasn't aware of that when I first started here. I saw different, a couple different options about record keeping and um, turning in information, but I wasn't exactly aware that I could sign up with an umbrella school under them, pay them a fee, and then they would take care of everything for me. I actually thought that I had to go through my school district and um, get an evaluation from a licensed state teacher, but you don't actually have to do that. So anyway, long story short is go to my website, nobababy.com. I will post the blog up about getting started. There will be the link to um, the homeschooling national site that you can use. You click on your state and it will tell you the rules and the laws that you need to follow for your state. I will say Florida, the laws are pretty lenient. Um, They're a little... You have to do a little more than Texas. Texas, I would say, was very, very super homeschool friendly. I didn't have to report to anyone. I didn't have to tell anybody that I was homeschooling. I didn't have to register. I just had specific subjects that I had to make sure I was teaching. And those were things like, I can't remember exactly right now, but there were things like Texas history and um, reading and English and math and... Um, That actually might be it. (laughs) It was very lenient in Texas. Obviously, I taught my children a lot more subjects than what they required, but that was the great thing about homeschooling in Texas is they were ensuring that you had the freedom to pick what was best for your child's education and um, pick what was important to you. So I thought homeschooling in Texas was great. There was also tons of other homeschoolers in Texas, so we really um, got to link up with a lot of people that were uh, really helpful in our area for homeschooling, especially if you're just starting. Florida, it seems like there's quite a big number of homeschoolers. We live um, in kind of a small town, so I don't really know what the rest of Florida is like, and we haven't been here for a long time, but I know um, a lot of other homeschoolers in Florida look like they have really great co-ops and really good communities for homeschool. I just don't really know what all of those are like because we haven't been here long, but I know that if you search for those, they're really awesome. Um, I find in the Northeast, the laws on homeschooling are a little more stringent and a little more strict, but it does not mean that you can't homeschool. You just need to look up your laws and follow them. Um, There are places where you can actually get your records kept online. You pay a fee and you can just submit test scores and what classes your students are doing and um, your curriculum, things like that. And you can file those all online and have them on hand and ready to just print out and send into your district, um, things like that, if that's what's necessary in your state. So don't think that you're alone on record keeping and don't let that hold you back from homeschooling. It's really quite simple. Um, So also besides your reason, your support person, your plan, your time, place, how you're going to do it, your curriculum, um, trying it out and a homeschooling support person in your records, you should also look at your progress. If you have really committed to homeschooling and you've decided to start set dates in your planner, on your calendar, in your phone, wherever you have a reminder, make yourself a reminder at a certain point in time to do this with your student 
or even with yourself or your support person and look back at when you first started homeschooling and compare it to um, the work your students are doing later, say in the next semester or um, midway through the year and look at how they have grown from when you first started homeschooling. This is a great reminder um, of being on task, of getting things done, of evaluating their work. And this is a great way to say, hey, I really can do this. I have been homeschooling. Look how far we've come. Look at the beginning of the year till midway through. And this is a really great um, encouragement, a great booster for homeschool teachers and also for homeschool students. I like to show my students where they've come from since you know the beginning and end of even each semester. I'll let them compare their work and look back and say, oh my gosh, look what I was doing when I first started and now look where I'm at. And they're really proud of showing that off. So let them show that off to you. Let them show that off to their support person. And that's really encouraging for them to keep studying and keep trying their best because they can really show off what they've really learned. Um, I also would tell you if you have just started homeschooling, this is important all throughout homeschooling. Even if you feel like you are just an expert homeschooler and you've been doing it for a long time, Don't forget to reward yourself and don't forget to reward your students. If you think about it, public schoolers, private schoolers, they have times where their teachers are getting rewarded, where the students are getting rewarded, they're getting recognized, they are um, giving themselves a pat on the back for hard work. Now, I don't think it should just be automatic. I do think you have to accomplish something. You can't just really be stagnant for a whole semester and then say, pat on the back, we deserve this great big gift. No. Um, It also doesn't have to be anything elaborate. But when you reach that semester milestone, if your kids have set some goals and they've reached them goals, those goals, or if you as a homeschooling teacher have reached your goals, um, and you've said, you know, I want to teach this student and get them through this first level of math or get them um, through these multiplication facts and um, I'm gonna, or I'm going to reward myself for planning my curriculum for our whole next semester and it's really organized and I'm ready to go, give yourself a reward. Take yourself out to Starbucks drive through for coffee. Um, you know, give yourself your kids an ice cream Sunday party at home. Um, and do something, even if it's small, even if, you know, you're just taking an afternoon off of homeschool because it's one of your scheduled off days and you guys are just going to have a, an ice cream bar and just watch a movie or you're going to go to the local pool or something. Have a specific day and a specific time where you are rewarding yourselves for what you have accomplished. It will keep your kids on target. And it will keep them understanding that their hard work does pay off and that you're recognizing their hard work. And it also will tell you that you have accomplished something as a homeschool teacher and it will help keep you from getting discouraged or really just sticking in those low points on those hard days and on those long days where you feel like you just didn't get enough done or you weren't the greatest at explaining a question. Keep those reward times scheduled in so that you can appreciate um, what's going on and include your support person. Include your support person so that they feel um, appreciated for the support that they give for your homeschool. I know that when we kind of have days that are kind of fun days or treat days or reward days, we always do those on the days that my husband is off of work. 
because my kids really like to have those really fun days when everybody's all together. And that is the great part about homeschooling is you can make your schedule like that. So we do school year round, but that gives us the opportunity when he has off days that are scattered throughout the year, we can take that off day too and we can spend time together. And even if that's something um, really easy as ordering Chinese takeout and watching a movie on Netflix, we're all doing it together at the end of a semester or after a hard test or after a long week. And we are kind of celebrating what we've accomplished and we are having fun all being together. So don't forget to do those things to keep you motivated to do more in your homeschool and keep your kids motivated to continue studying and working really hard because it will pay off and you'll see that as the school years keep going by, you'll just be amazed by how far you've come homeschooling and um, how great you really are homeschooling even if you thought you may not do too great at it. So um, those are just some rough outlines of things that I think you need to have to start a successful homeschool. And we're running out of time because I hear a baby crying. So check out thenoblebaby.com and check out that free ebook if you want more of a specific plan to get you started. And check back here on the podcast for more info on curriculums and upcoming homeschool things. And don't forget that you can tune into the noblebaby.com um, and check out the blogs in the store. The store has great resources. If you are um, wanting a little bit more quick and easy lesson plans that are printable and no prep, and it'll just take you a couple minutes. I also have public school teachers who use those too, so they're really great for either one. Um, check out those resources, print them off, use them in your homeschool, incorporate them if you think that they will help you, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, bye.